Good day, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Draining Jimmy's Podcast. I hope everyone's been enjoying the nice weather out. Uh, lots to cover on today's episode of the podcast. going to talk a little bit about the NHL, some NBA, catch up on some Formula One. Have a new top 10 happening tonight as well. I know it's been ages since I've done one. Well, basically since I've returned um, from my little break. Uh, so I will be releasing that tonight. But it's definitely been an exciting weekend. As always, also been an exciting week as well. Actually, maybe I should just retract that and just say an exciting couple of weeks. Um, still going through post NFL draft with undrafted free agents going on, signings, trades, uh, veterans being released from current teams. Uh, so lots of things could be happening with the NFL. Plus, the NFL schedule is being released. Um, I'll discuss that on my next episode of the podcast. Um, just looking at games. I know one game has been released, Cowboys and Packers, which is happening November 13th. So that's pretty exciting to see. But let's get to the meat of the podcast. Let's talk about the NHL. Um, and I will get to the NBA as well because it's playoff time for those two leagues. So the NHL first round has kicked off. We're about game four, game five, depending on which team you are rooting for. It is, definitely has been exciting to watch, uh, none to say the least. Um, high scoring, when you're looking at majority of the games going on, uh, you're looking at total scores of, total goals, sorry, of seven uh, teams lighting up the scoreboard with five or more goals. If you're looking at the Avalanche, uh, some of their wins have been seven uh, goals uh, for that when they're playing against the Predators, but it has been an exciting uh, high-octane offense playoffs, uh, to say the least. And you know what? It's, it's I've definitely been having a lot of fun watching it, but uh, lots of things happening. We already have one series done. The Avalanche did sweep the Preds. I did have that going to six. I thought at least the Preds would get some games in, at least trying to uh, split some home games or away games. But Cal- or not Calgary, uh, Colorado is just too strong for them. And when you're looking at the scores, like I talked about, the scores are just unreal for what has been happening, especially with the Avalanche. And I'm just going to pull up some of their games uh, when you're looking at it here. And it has definitely been, again, high-octane uh, series. So first game was 7-2, a uh, couple games 5-3. When they ended the series with the sweep, it was 5-3 as well. But uh, they're averaging five-plus goals for their four wins. And the margin was, you know, for some two, but others were just, you know, three, four-plus goals in between. And you know what? Avalanche definitely are showing as my favorites for uh, the Stanley Cup. And you know what? Hopefully they're able to pull it off. Um, They are going to be in the next round, just waiting for those matchups to end. But again, it's definitely been exciting so far. Again, going back to the goals, you know, some of the games have been balanced. Uh, Calgary, uh, Bruins, uh, Leafs and Lightning. I'll be getting to the Leafs in a second about that. And you know what? Some injuries, uh, penalties, fines we're seeing here, especially with the way the Leafs and the Lightning started. Uh, if you're looking at the Pittsburgh Penguins, um, well, my Pittsburgh Penguins, who I'm very happy have been playing very well and uh, proving me wrong. Very thankful for that. 
Um, they're down to their third goalie, Louis Domingo, uh, Domingue, uh, definitely in. It's been playing phenomenal as well. Uh, you lost Casey to Smith for the rest of the playoffs. Tristan Jari is still waiting, uh, not even skated yet. So we'll see what happens with him. But, you know, Pens, when you're in that situation, you know, it's it's fight, 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 fight. And you know what? Uh, going down to your third goalie is definitely going to give you motivation for your team to go. And that's been a good series as well definitely had some ot's uh we saw la and uh, edmonton going last night with overtime the the inconsistencies with edmonton and toronto has always been the story of their playoffs and don't get me wrong i'm very happy uh toronto has taken the lead but the question is now what can they do in the next game can they close out the series and we've seen what has happened in last night's game of Toronto and Tampa was exciting. Uh, down 2-0. Uh, definitely was a battle. 3-3. Six minutes left. Uh, Leafs do score. Austin Matthews off the rebound, which was good. Uh, definitely got the motivation going. Tampa did try to get uh, that tying goal, but Toronto did fight back. Um, that's the good thing. And you know what? Um, they, they, they won. That's Now the question is now, what can they do for game six? Can they close it out? That's what I'm looking towards. As much as the Leafs are showing that they can score goals, like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not questioning their possibility of, you know, putting the puck in the net. What I'm questioning is is the inconsistencies of what they do the next game, and we've seen that when we saw their first dominating win, Game One. Uh, the next game they just fell flat, and Game Four, uh, they fell even flatter because when you're looking at it. They're off. Uh, Tampa scores five goals. It's five nothing uh, going into the fourth, and here we are. They're not really showing what they're capable of doing. So that's the one thing. And can they actually close it out tomorrow against Tampa and win the series and go on to the next round? We have to wait and see. But inconsistency. So it's great that their captain has finally scored a goal. It's five games in. He finally scored his first goal. Matthews is showing that he can put the puck in the net. And you know what? Their performance offensively compared to last year is way better. Their stars are uh, contributing what, like the way they should be. Matthews is definitely showing that he is that 60-plus goal scorer that he had this season. But what we're looking at is can they do what they did tonight, the way they fought back, or sorry, the way they did last night, um, can they do that again tomorrow and seal the series? That's what we're looking at. So... A lot of things to question, especially with that. We could have a lot of series ending soon, which, you know, it's it's good. It's been an exciting first round. Again, the main thing I've noticed is the amount of goals and high-octane offenses that we have seen. And some of the victories have not been one or two. Well, some have, but majority have been two, three, four-plus uh, goal wins. And you know what? They've been dominating, and that's the one thing, too, is it's been going back and forth. For some of the series that you've been watching, it's been going back and forth, and we've seen that, and we've seen teams you know, retaliate back. They get blown out one game, they come back the next game and show that they can do the exact same thing. It's definitely been a roller coaster when you've been watching some of them, but it's been great. It really, really has, and I've been watching it, and it's been phenomenal. But the question is now, uh, for certain teams, can they stop doing... You know, you win one game, I win a next game. Can we have teams be consistent, win that streak, end the series? So we'll, we'll see how 
many games go to seven. I do have a few going to six. So we will see how everything plays out for the remainder of the first round. But again, the scores, the goals have just been remarkable for the first round of the NHL playoffs. Going to the NBA, which is now in its second round, um, which, you know, the first round had some exciting moments, had some exciting games. Um, Not much controversy. Obviously, if you're a Raptors fan, you saw the Sixers series against them, obviously with Embiid and the fouls. It's the same story every year. Everyone wants to mention the reps, the fouls. It it is what it is when it comes to that. And you know what? As a Raptors fan, I'm going to move past that because I can complain as much as I want. Every team complains about the reps. And you know what? You can say what you want, but let's just move on from that. But going to the second round um, definitely has been a great series uh, when you're looking at everything going on, just pulling up uh, some of the games. But it's just been remarkable Uh, how now everything is more evenly matched in the second round. You're you're expecting some teams to show domination. Uh, The Heat in the 76er series has been great. It really, really has. You definitely saw the impact Joel Embiid has with the 76ers. He was gone for the first two games, obviously with the orbital fracture and the concussion. Came back game three, and you saw the changes with Philly and how much he impacted and helped them uh, tie up the series. Uh, Heat won big last night, too, uh, to take a 3-2 lead, 120-85. to So we saw that team, uh, why they're definitely the number one seed, and just showed domination right there. Uh, but can they close out? I have that series going to six. Uh, so that's going to be great to see. Phoenix, you know, they're they're definitely showing, well, they have been, Inconsistent. Some players have been up and down, Chris Ball included. Um, but, you know, they took uh, game five as well with 3-2 in a dominating fashion there, uh, winning 110-80. to 80. So that was definitely a good game to watch. Uh, tonight, we do have Golden State in Milwaukee. Can Golden State end it? Uh, John ja Morant is looking like he's not going to be playing in the remainder of the playoffs. I know a lot of people are sh- throwing controversy to that uh, with what happened with Jordan Poole. Um, I know there's a clip. If you do watch it, listen, as much as I've loved what John Morant has done this playoffs and him being, you know, most improved and just showing M- MVP caliber play, he does use his body a lot in the way he moves. And when you have a two-on-one, a double team coming at you and the way you move and everything, a player is going to come and try and take the ball. And the way you move, it may hit a part where, you know, it's it's hurt and you're going to hear the controversy. Whether Poole did that on purpose, you're aware of what happened with Gary Payton II getting injured from Brooks. But it's it, it was not a purpose. It wasn't on purpose. Sorry. It wasn't like, here, I'm just going to take out your knee. I know you've been having this problem. No. When you're watching the video, the way you see Morant move and everything, you see a guy coming to swipe the ball. There is the possibility of, you know, some contact going there. But you know what? It's it's tough. You also see Moran get injured on another play way before that, uh, going uh, knee bumping with Clay Thompson. So that could have been that because it is a bruised knee. So he's definitely out uh, for the playoffs, which does hurt the Grizzlies. Uh, but you do see uh, the, uh, the Grizzlies and the Golden State Warriors going tonight. And, you know, as much as you have certain players on that team calling out, you know, other players saying that they're the second best three-pointer in the series, well, 
you know, you're going to eat those words. Uh, but game four was definitely a battle with the 101-98 win with the Warriors. So tonight is the night uh, Grizzlies need to fight back and try to take it. But I do like the Warriors to clear out that series. I do have that series in five. I, I, when I was doing my bracket, I did have this matchup, Warriors and Grizzlies. But I do like uh, the Warriors in five for this series. Just an all-around better team. And I do have them going to the NBA Finals as well. And we'll see what the West, we'll see what the final matchups are when it all comes down. Uh, Bucks and the Celtics. In my mind, I think this has been the best series when you're looking at it. Um, like, don't get me wrong. Like, when you're looking at the Warriors and Grizzlies, you can give that a tie as well with, you know, the controversy, the battle back, especially with the way games one and two went with that series. But I am liking the Bucks and the Celtics series as the best one so far. It's just been, it's been good battles in between going back and forth. You're seeing both the powers of the offenses between the two, and you've seen what Giannis can do with that and Holiday. Not having Chris Middleton does affect them as well, um, but you know you've seen what Lopez is doing to assist. It's just it is a good team. The depth that they have for Milwaukee. I still like Milwaukee to win that series. This series could possibly go to seven. We'll see. There is a game going tonight, game five. So we'll see. But it is in Boston, so expected to paddle. But the Bucks uh, Celtics series has been great when you're looking at it. Um, overall, when you're looking at this playoffs, who do you think is the best team? Uh, I'm still going to go with the Warriors overall. Just the way they're able to score points. And you know what? They're finding ways to win. And I like that roster. I like Poole. I like Wiggins being in there. I like I like uh, Clay Thompson. I like Steph Curry. You know what? As much as people hate Draymond Green, you know what? You, you, you hate him or you love him. You love to have him on your team, uh, but you would hate to play against him. Just because, you know, what he says, how he plays, we get it. We, we know he does certain things. But, you know, the, the Warriors are that best team. And they, they definitely are showing why they're definitely going to be the favorite to win uh, the NBA championship. But overall, uh, the second round has been better than the first when you're looking at it here. I know I mentioned it's definitely more evenly matched. I know I get that. I say that. Uh, I wasn't saying the first rounds weren't evenly matched, but the matchups, the games have been way better, especially when I refer to the Boston and the uh, the Boston and Brooklyn series. I really thought that was going to be the series of the playoffs. Boy, was I wrong after that first game, especially with the way Brooklyn gets swept. But that is sports. That is the way things work. But we'll, we'll see. Everything's coming down to near the end for the second round, which, you know, it's it's been good. It really, really has. I, I'm enjoying both NBA and NHL playoffs. Um, you're, you're going to see, uh, w- especially when I mentioned with the NHL, the high-octane offenses, uh, with the amount of goals being scored in the first round. Now you're going to wonder what the second round is going to bring when you get to those matchups. But when we're looking here now at the NBA, the NBA can be the exact same thing. You can see teams here just light up the scoreboards. You can just see them go for the scores. You know, the NBA is a three-point league. Now you're definitely going to go live and die by the three. But it's it's definitely been remarkable. And you know what? You're seeing some blowouts. I did mention the Heat, and I mentioned the Suns especially. Um, definitely great, great series right there. Um, but definitely just remarkable 
on how the second round has uh, been played. Now, last week I was watching ESPN. I was watching First Take. It, it's a good show to watch. It's always fun to watch. Um, but they had a debate, which would you prefer, the NBA or the NHL postseason? And I did post that on my Instagram as well. Some mentioned the NHL. Some do bring up the NBA. Now, to me, it, it's right now with the way this series is, I'm definitely liking the NHL when you're looking at it as well. I don't hate the NBA playoffs. I do like it. It can be electric. You're going to see the superstars do what they do. It also takes forever to get a first round done. It does. The way they space it out is just, I know recovery time for some players, but again, the way they space it out sometimes, it takes more than two weeks to play a seven-game series, which is tough. It really, really is. And, you know, you can lose interest in that time because the way the NHL is and the way they're traveling, you're going back and forth. Like, for example, Toronto and Tampa, <laughs> every other game. Like, you're either going, you're going to, once you're done one game, you're flying out to Tampa, you're flying back to Toronto. It's when you're looking at that series here. I'm not just saying it's just one or the other. Like, Washington and, uh, sorry, what am I looking at? Washington, Carolina, you know, you're, you're looking at like a one or two hour trip, but like you're literally going from north of the border to the very south of the United States, right there in Tampa Bay. So looking at travel and like, I'm not saying that, you know, the NBA doesn't do a lot of traveling. I know you have Memphis and you have uh, San Francisco here, but we're, you know, it's, you can complete these series a lot sooner than expected. But when you're comparing the two, if I were to make a choice between the two, the NBA and the NHL, which postseason would I prefer? I would definitely go with the NHL. It is. And definitely with the way this playoffs have gone, it's just the offense. It's just, it's faster. It's the contact. Everything has just been more exciting to see. I'm not, again, I'm not hating on the NBA. It is just... You know, when you look at a roster, anything can happen. I'm not saying it's not like that in the NBA, but it's just like baseball. If you have that hot pitcher, just like the goalie, it's going to get you there. Your superstars may not show up, but again, it, it, you can have, you know, other players kick in. And with the NBA, it's just like you're always going to expect your superstar to throw down 30 plus and contribute in those key areas. Um, but when you look at Montreal last year, and, you know, they were, you know, on paper, you know, they definitely should not have been out of the first round. Let's be honest. I'm, I'm going to say that there. They now have the number one pick when you're looking at it here. Obviously, they have some uh, situations going on. But last year, Carey Price just goes on a run. Basically leads his team to the NHL finals. They don't win. Uh, they lose to Tampa Bay. But that you, you see what a hot goalie can do to help you get there. And he definitely helped that team stay in it. He did. He helped his team stay in it right there up until the end. Like, don't get me wrong. Tampa just had their way with that team. I believe it ended in five, the Stanley cup finals. And, but again, like in, in the NHL, if you have that goalie, just like a pitcher, it, it can get you deep. It really, really can. And with the NBA, like you, like it's a team effort at the end and but again like the best team is always going to win now on paper when you're looking here now in the second round there are a lot of good teams but we're looking at you know golden state just dominating with the defensively and like you, you see the like 
it's really tough when you're trying to compare the two with the NBA. But to me, it's the NHL postseason. I'm definitely going to prefer that. And yes, when fights happen, everyone gets excited. When I was looking up uh, a few things, uh, I was going back to uh, the Edmonton and the Dallas series back in the early 2000s. If anyone who had watched those playoffs, it was a bloodbath for some of them. And I do recommend to check out some of those videos, but they definitely had battle because they were definitely facing each other every year for about six years in the opening of the playoffs. And also sometimes the second round, depending on who they were facing. But majority of the time, it was Dallas versus Edmonton, that first round of the playoffs. But it's just the NHL, no, sorry, the NBA is exciting because you're going to see lots of great things happening. The dunks, the blocks, everything that's happening there. But it's when you're looking at the NHL, you're seeing just skill and speed and just it's just amazing what some of these superstars are doing. And you know what? We we see it all the time in the NBA. You're gonna see those same players, but what Connor McDavid can do, the way he sees the ice, what you're seeing with Austin Matthews, Sidney Crosby, who has been great for the Pens this playoffs, just the way he's still making things happen. Nathan McKinnon, uh, the goalies have just been great, you know, like some have stood on their head. But it's to me, it's still the NHL when we're looking at the playoffs. It, it really is. The contact, the skill, the speed, and just, you know, you're you're seeing five-plus goals a game. You're just seeing that this season. And comparing it to the NBA, it's 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 tough. It is. You're, you're expecting the same thing there. But, you know, it, I, I get more of a thrill when you're seeing a guy sticking a little puck through four and getting the goal. You're seeing the one-timer there. I, I love the alley-oops. I love the dunks. I love the blocks. But... To me, it's just, you know, the NHL just brings so much more. And you know what? It's close when I'm comparing the two. It really is. It really, really is. But I, I don't, when I watch an NBA game go for no points for five minutes, I lose, I don't, I lose interest. I really do. Um, but when you look at an NHL game, because I know the scoring is different, but you're seeing so much more happen during that obviously goals don't happen so much faster with the way the different point system is in the two but when you look at the defensive skills like when you're seeing the block shots the moves everything you're you're still more intrigued in that compared to the nba so to me in the end with that little debate i'm going to go with the nhl postseason as the most interesting between the two uh, so now coming up, I know it's been a long, long time since I've done one, but here is a new top 10. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. It has definitely been a long time since I've done a top 10, and especially since I returned back at the beginning of April. I haven't included a top 10 performers or just a top 10 in general. I know I've been putting it off, trying to catch up on the world of sports, catching up on the Super Bowl, the draft, combine, the beginning of the MLB season, the start of the NBA and the NHL season, uh, beginning of F1, uh, catching up on golf, uh, looking at the Masters, uh, especially catching up on the English Premier League as well. But it has definitely been a while, and I'm definitely excited to have a new top 10. So tonight's top 10 in honor of the NFL draft, I know it's been well over a week since we've had it. I'm going with top 10 NFL rookies I'm excited to watch this season. 
and definitely is intriguing, you know, when you're looking over through the draft, you know, the number ones, the controversies, players with injury, it definitely is interesting to see who you're going to like at the start of the season. And there's players there that can contribute right away. There's definitely been controversy. Um, some of my rankings include more than just one player, especially including the team uh, with their picks. And I'll explain that when I get to it. But it's definitely going to be exciting to look at uh, with these players this season, especially with where they were picked and everything as well. So here we are uh, starting off at number 10 for NFL rookies I'm excited to watch. Number one, Malik Willis. Now, yes, he's number 10. The reason why I bring this in is when he was drafted very, very late. When you looked at the draft coming into it, quarterbacks were a question mark going in. Who's going to be where? And Malik Willis was definitely probably ranked one or two on some draft boards as the number one quarterback in this NFL draft. And, you know, I didn't see much tape with him. He did play at Liberty. The style of offense that he had is kind of questioning. Um, obviously, Kenny Pickett went uh, as the first quarterback and the only quarterback in the first round. So we will see how that goes. And the question is now is what happens in Tennessee? We all heard what Ryan Tannehill's comments were. Now the question is, will he eventually be overtake Tannehill or will he replace him this season? What's the growth can be like? Is there a long-term plan for Malik Willis? Will we see him this season? I don't know. I guess it's the status of how everything works with this team. Um, everything is focused around Derrick Henry and then everyone else. Obviously, they have a new wide receiver. A.J. Brown was traded to the Eagles. So are we looking at a rebuild mode, a new quarterback change for Tennessee? It's just a matter of who, what, when, where, why, when is it going to happen, what's the story. It's just we have to wait and see. But I am looking to see what Malik Willis can do at the NFL level. We'll see him in preseason, uh, but we will definitely want to see if he's that quarterback that everyone expected uh, in that you know top 50 first-round projection as a pick. Uh, going at number nine, some of you may find this really low. I'm going with the number one, two overall pick, Eden Hutchinson to Detroit. You're, you're obviously on your way to Detroit. Nothing against the organization, but you're part of a, a regime that you know needs to you know battle. You are facing Aaron Rodgers. You're facing one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You're going to be battling against Kirk Cousins. Uh, but can you be the new face of the franchise? Can you help them? take the next step and go. And you can probably include Jamison Williams as well with him because now they're the faces of this franchise. Can we see them grow? Can we see them take the next steps? Uh, but for Hutchinson, being that high pick, you know, they took another high pick last year, but now he's going to be definitely that face of the franchise, especially with him being from Michigan. Can we see him just be dominant? We've seen what the Bosa brothers have done uh, Watt, when he's come in, can he be like one of those players, you know, come in, boom, make an impact right there. Can you, you know, you see him making those quarterback hits. Are we going to see that with him? But it will be uh, good to see, but I am looking forward to seeing him uh, perform. So number eight, uh, we're going to go with Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati Bearcats uh, wide receiver and to my Indianapolis Colts, Alex Pierce. Why am I having him here? Why do I have him higher than the number one, two pick? And also a quarterback who is ranked way higher than him as well. 
Well, Pierce, he's coming into a situation where he has a good quarterback, but when you looked at what he did at college, it's the vertical, it's the speed. He He's in a situation where, you know, he can make the big plays, and I want to see the transition there. Plus, the Colts got him at 53 when they drafted him in the second round as their first pick. As you know, the whole whatever uh, with Carson Wentz and the Colts giving up their first, but I do like Alex Pierce. Um, definitely the size, the speed, like the speed. Some of his 40s were, you know, between 4.35 and 4.4, which was just remarkable, especially at his size too, 6'3", 220 plus. But we will see what he can do. That vertical leap that he has was just remarkable. His measurables overall uh, at the combine and even at his pro days were just incredible uh number seven uh yes this might be low as well uh trayvon walker uh he's going to jacksonville obviously can he be like a jj watt can he be like a tj watt can he be like aaron donald uh can we see what he can do uh to help change a defense can he be that you know factor right there can he help make Jacksonville a defensive powerhouse with everything around him. We saw what he did at Georgia. We saw what he's able to do at his combine and definitely help him, you know, be projected as that number one. Can he make that impact right there? And I know people are going to be like, well, you have the number one and number two picks so low in your top 10. Well, obviously I'm always going to be excited to see those two, but it's the later ones that are there, the decisions that are going to be, you know, done. But it's, the question is now, can we see Trayvon Walker, you know, live up to what he can be? Can he be that defensive maker, leader, you know, that bridge gap to get him to that next level for Jacksonville? Number six, Nicobe Dean. Why do I have him higher than the number one? Plus, he's also a teammate. Nicobe Dean was definitely projected as, you know, top two first round, top two rounds uh, pick, especially even closer into the first round. He's had some injury concerns. The Let me just take a look here uh, the Eagles picked him up at pick 83 so we're wondering now can everything that's been happening to him medical red flags are they going to overlook that are they is he going to be the that that anchor right there for Philadelphia that boost that defense we saw in the draft Jordan Davis in the first but having an intriguing piece there like Dean can he be you know a force or those red flags actually going to affect it so that's something to keep an eye on you know there are a lot of first rounders that went late when you're looking at the draft very very late not in the first round but they went into the second the third because they had red flags and injury red flags because he neglected to have a surgery on a certain injury but can we see what he can do uh with that so we'll just have to wait and see uh going to number five going with the first quarterback who was drafted in, the, uh, in this year's draft, and the only one going in the first round, which is Kenny Pickett, he's going to uh, Pittsburgh. He went to Pitt, played there for college, just like Aiden Hutchinson played for Michigan, uh, going to, you know, the hometown team. But can now that he's taken over the franchise, now he's the number one quarterback, he's going to have a QB battle with Trubitsky and Rudolph. So the question is now, will he be starting week one? Will we see him at the end? What's the status of this team is going to be like? Can, can we see what Pickett, who, you know, had some amazing moves at uh, Pitt, uh, Pitt, making certain rules changes now. If you remember Pitt, uh, he did that fake attempt at a slide, which is now no longer allowed to happen in the NCAA, which, you know, if you're going to attend the slide, you have to attempt the slide. So 
it, it's definitely intriguing to see what he can do at the NFL level, can he, what he did at Pitt, transfer over, and now that he's taking over potentially a franchise. And if you look back at the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, they've, they've had a good run with Ben Roethlisberger. Can now he be that new face? We, we've seen what happens when they've you know, gotten those good quarterbacks to help them grow. We, we know what history has shown us. So can Kenny Pickett be that game changer for Pitt? Number four, I'm going with another Georgia Bulldog. Yes, I know it's not. It's looking like I'm favoring this, but they definitely had a great draft. I'm going with James Cook to Buffalo. Why am I excited for this? One, yes, he's also Dalvin Cook's brother. Two, he had a remarkable uh, career at Georgia. Right now he's going to Buffalo where he's actually probably going to be the primary back, which is something Buffalo has been needing. And no offense to the running backs that they've had, but running backs, sorry, they've been struggling having a run game there. And James Cook is definitely going to be a person to keep an eye on this season for the way he has played, the way he can catch the ball. You've seen him do catch a long ball in the end zone. If you watch his highlights at Georgia, can he be that difference maker? Can he be that, you know, first down, second down, third down back? And can he actually average more than three yards a carry when he's playing the ball and not having to having Buffalo rely on Josh Allen to try and move? That's what we're looking here. And it's going to be interesting. It really is, and I'm looking forward to seeing him play. He's going to be playing in a tough AFC East, but we will see what this new new running back, this new change of pace that the Buffalo Bills have been looking for, and hopefully he can he can definitely help there with his skill. Number three, this is two players. Why am I bringing up two players? Well, I'm bringing up Desmond Ritter and Drake London. Drake London was the first uh, pick for Atlanta. Desmond Ritter was their third-round pick for their quarterback. Why do I bring this up? Well, because you're probably looking at a potential duo for the future of the Atlanta Falcons. Yes, they have Marcus Mariota. We know what Drake London can do. I'm very familiar with what he's done at USC uh, last year and the year before, making some clutch catches and the way he can just stretch the field. But right now you're looking at a potential pairing right there, kind of like a Matt Ryan and a Julio. It, it's about the development, what Ritter can do. And you know what? Ritter's going to be competing for that spot, that starter spot. Can he translate what he did in college with Cincinnati to Atlanta? And it's definitely going to be interesting to see. When we have an intriguing piece uh, like Drake, when you have Kyle Pitts as well, it's definitely going to be interesting to see the growth. And is he going to sit back for a year and watch Mariota, or are we actually going to see him take the snaps day one? We've seen Russell Wilson take over starting uh, for the Seattle Seahawks when he came in. We were in the Matt Flynn competition, but we'll see what Desmond can do. And definitely going to be exciting to see what him and Drake can do together because it's it's definitely going to be an interesting offense to see with that young quarterback and those two young uh, pieces there at tight end and at wide receiver. Number two, this is where it's going to be, you know, where I'm going to look at it and where I kind of question it because this player here I had going like 12th overall in the first round, Derek Stingley Jr. out of LSU. And the reason why I'm putting this so high is they're going not just off of this year or whatever, but they're going back to tape from a couple of years ago. Um, and they're hoping that he's going to be that person. That's what at least Houston's hoping for. So you're spending a, your third round, your third overall pick on a DB who many people thought was maybe the second third cornerback in this draft. Uh, Sauce Gardner went uh, right after him, 
but we'll see what Houston does. He is a game changer. If you've seen his films, he can be an impactful player, but could you have traded back and get this? Can he live up to that first, that, sorry, that number three overall? Can he be that player that you want to anchor that Texans defense? It's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see because again you're hoping that you're relying on the player that he was from the tape two years ago and that's where the risk is they had a chance at Sauce Gardner they went with Derek Stingley at number three so we will we'll see how it goes you can never know how your draft pick works out unless it's after your first after your second year sorry for that little tongue twister your second year you really see how it turns out depending on where you drafted them obviously you know some will take development like for those that i mentioned that were third round picks but for for this guy who was not even projected as a top 10 you know your the film on him is great but you're hoping for him to be the player from a certain era at a point of that film so just to recap my top 10 so far before i release my number one uh, number 10, Malik Willis. Number 9, Aiden Hutchinson. Number 8, Alex Pierce. 7, Trayvon Walker. 6, uh, Nicobe Dean. 5, Kenny Pickett. 4, James Cook. Number 3, Jake London and Desmond Ritter. Number 2, Derek Stingley Jr. And with number 1, this is kind of going with, you know, I did have another grouping earlier when I talked about Ritter and Drake, but my number 1, Sauce Gardner, Jermaine Johnson, and Garrett Wilson. The three first-round picks of the New York Jets. And I'm going to agree with some of those reports. The Jets were, you know, the superstars on day one. Um, they had multiple picks. It was rec- just incredible what they did. But when you're looking at it here, you know, they, they be- definitely drafted their future. They drafted two defensive players that can definitely impact their team. You drafted the number one pass rusher, which some rated in Jermaine Johnson the second. You had the number one rated corner in Sauce Gardner, sorry, Ahmad Sauce Gardner. And you drafted potentially the number one ranked wide receiver, depending on how you looked at it, and Garrett Wilson. So the Jets, who just had a remarkable first round, you're seeing these pieces here. There are three pieces that can impact your team right away. There are actually three pieces that were projected to go into the top 10 for some mock drafts when you're looking at the rankings of these players. So, but it's definitely interesting to see and in how well these three players impact the Jets, which the Jets do need some help there. You're not picking fourth overall because you won the Super Bowl, unless you're certain teams that trade away picks. Um, but you're looking at this team here who has struggled offensively and defensively, but you finally get, you know, an incredible corner. You get a great pass rusher. The question is now if any issues come up with those players. Garrett Wilson, who can definitely impact uh, your quarterback. Zach Wilson definitely needs some wide receiver help. So we'll definitely see how this plays out. But number one, the New York Jets picks are definitely the number one rookies I'm excited to see because the impact of these three that need to have on day one are just definitely going to be huge. They're, They're three starters that you have. So we'll see what plays out for those three. But definitely looking forward to watching uh, those play as well. So that's it for my top 10. I hope you enjoyed it. Definitely exciting to do one of these again, and we'll see what my next one is on the next episode, but definitely fun to watch, or sorry, fun to do. Uh, they're also fun to watch depending on which station you're watching it on, but they're always fun to do, especially with the 
this. So again, my top 10 NFL rookies I'm excited to see. So make sure you listen to that. Uh, before we go, just a couple things to catch up on. Um, Formula One happened on the weekend. Verstappen gets a second win uh, in a row, uh, winning the inaugural Miami Grand Prix. And you know what? When I was watching, it was just phenomenal. And some uh, were just describing it as a Super Bowl feel. It was being held, or it was being held at the Hard Rock Stadium where the Dolphins play. And it was just a lot of people were giving it a Super Bowl vibe. The atmosphere you were seeing the celebrities there, everyone moving around. It was just remarkable to see, and the race itself was great. Um, obviously, the top three teams, Ferrari, Red Bull, and Mercedes, uh, were definitely up there. You saw Russell and Hamilton battling back and forth. Verstappen and Leclerc uh, going off there, obviously, with Verstappen there. And you're, you're seeing the other two uh, as well battling off. So it was definitely a battle between Ferrari and Red Bull between the two. When you look at the spots, uh, Ferrari getting the two and the three, in uh, Red Bull finishing one and four, and a lot of questions is, is now Red Bull the team to beat? It's going to be a battle, and we'll see if Mercedes can finally rebound for what's been going on with them. They've definitely been struggling since the season has started. Um, Hamilton has definitely looked a little bit better, Russell as well. So you're seeing that there, but it's a question of now is you know the team that was the team champion the year before. Um, also, you had the seven-time world champion as well. Can Mercedes overlap and you know get back into the top three, at least win a race and show some some battles there? But it's definitely been a good uh, first couple of races with um, first couple of races with F1. So it's definitely been exciting to watch. English Premier League. Uh, it's definitely been you know question mark, especially if you're a Manchester United fan. Um, but it's definitely looking great as well. We also have Champions League finals, uh, which are coming up soon. Uh, but definitely excited to see how that plays out as well. Uh, we'll be catching up on that as well, especially with this weekend, the next episode, talking about English Premier League. Man, you has not looked good. I will stay that there. Uh, but I definitely will talk about more about the tables, the matchups, uh, when we're coming down the stretch. Menu has a chance to try and get back into it, but they are, you know, a couple games or a couple games ahead. Those, those that are ahead of them in the standings at least have two, three games in hand. So, we will, we will see how that plays out for United. But overall, um, good to see uh, how everything played out with F1. Hopefully, Manchester United can get things back together. But this week, this weekend, it's definitely been exciting. For the world of sports, uh, with the way the NBA and the NHL playoffs is going on, seeing the growth of F1 come to North America and the racetrack in Miami, you saw the events there, which was just exciting to see. And it was good to do another top 10. It really, really was. And definitely love doing those. Happy to do one again. Uh, so if you have any suggestions, please let me know. Um, you can always shoot me a message with uh, the comment section uh, with the website for the podcast as well as you can always just hit me up on Twitter or um, Instagram at drainingjimmies.podcast as well. So that's it for today's episode of the podcast. Again, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, lots to cover next. Catch up on the remainder of the first round of the NHL playoffs. Also catch up on the NBA. Definitely talk more into soccer, Champions League, uh, the rankings. 
as well as you know it. There's no race this weekend for F1, uh, but definitely catch up on some golf as well. I know I didn't catch up on this past weekend, but Max Homa did win the Wells Fargo, which was great to see. But catch up on the next episode uh, when I catch up on the next events as well. So that's it. Have yourself a great day. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your weekend as well. Hopefully the sun stays out and hopefully my golf game gets better. So that's it. Have yourself again a great day. This is the Draining Jimmy's Podcast.